If you like to gamble, I tell you I'm your man. You win some, lose some, it's all the same to me. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Motorcast. I am your host, Howard H. Smith. You may know me better as lead singer of UK thrash band Acid Rain, or you might know me from my heavy metal podcast, Talking Bollocks. My name is highlighted in the description of this podcast. Click on it and it'll take you to all of the podcasts that I've done. Anyway, right here, right now, I am your guide through the world of all things Motorhead. That's why you're here. And you keep coming in your droves. Thank you so much. Getting lots of great feedback about the Motorcast. And I can't thank you enough. I can assure you that everybody involved is really, really pleased. And we are loving bringing you this motorcast, keeping the Motorhead name alive, keeping the spirit of Lemmy and the boys very much alive. So thank you because you are helping to do that as well. Now, if you want to know about Motorhead, you want to know everything and all there is, you just need to go to imotorhead.com, which is Motorhead's website, and there you will find all of the information on the band that you need, including a link to this podcast. No matter how you're listening to this, there should be a button somewhere that says subscribe. Just click on that and every episode will come into your player without you having to do a thing. Every fortnight... I will be here in your podcast player with yet another interview with somebody who knew the boys, worked with them at some point along the way and has got stories to tell. And today is no different. My guest in this episode is none other than rock writer extraordinaire and general music obsessive Dom Lawson. You will have read Dom's work in many a rock magazine. You will have read it on many a website. He was lucky enough to interview Lemmy a number of times and hang out with the band. And you are going to get to hear all about it. So without further ado, let's get stuck in. I'm, I'm going to start with the same place I start with everybody. How did you initially meet and get involved with uh, the Motorhead gang? The first, the very first time I had any contact with them, it was talking to Lemmy on the phone, I think, uh, in the early days when I was at Kerrang. Um, and I can't remember which album it was. I mean, they put out one a year at that point, you know, so it could have been any of them. Um, and I, it was, I don't know, I, I think it was one of those quite trivial interviews, you know, where you're asking someone to give their 10 favourite war movies or, you know, something along those lines. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd been a fan since, well, uh, you know, along with Maiden, Maiden and Motorhead and Twisted Sister, those are the Holy Trinity for me because they were the three bands that got me into metal. Um, so, you know, even after I got over the initial shock of working for a rock magazine, you know, uh, that was the thing that blew your mind on a weekly basis was having, just sitting there on the phone having a chat with Lemmy, you know, <laughs> and I was blown away then by what a smart bloke he was, you know, cause you, you, did, you know, prior to that, you don't, you know, unless you've read lots of interviews with him, you wouldn't know if you just based your opinion on Lemmy based on the music, you know, <laughs> you might think he was a rock and roller with nothing much to say, but actually super, super smart, really. But, um, I don't, I'm trying to think when the first time I met him was because I met him two or three times. I think this, I think this, this anecdote that I'm to, to regale, regale you with, I think that is the first time I actually met him. So it was excruciating. <laughs> oh, I've got to hear this. 
Yeah, it's. Um, did I not mention this before? This is the, This was. Uh, I know exactly when this was. This was Wacken Open Air, uh, two thousand and four, and it was on. I think the final day. I could be wrong. It might have been the Saturday. Uh, and the lineup for that day, the top three bands were Dio, Motorhead, and do you know that German band Burza Onkels? Right. Yeah, I know. I know of massive in Germany. One of those yes. weird. You know, like when you go to Germany and there are bands that are huge in there, and like in Austria and Switzerland, and no one gives a shit anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's like Channel Zero in Belgium. They're as big as Metallica <laughs> and non-existent everywhere else. <laughs> it's bizarre, isn't it? But you know, it's uh, and I watched them and they're terrible but anyway. But um, <laughs> but Motorhead and and uh, Dio were on the same label. I think they were both on SPV at the time. Um, and I was there with uh, at, at the invitation of SPV, I think, to cover it for I think Kerrang. And then uh, and there was an interview with Dio earlier in the day. So that was the day I met Dio. You know, my, my avatar on Instagram, that picture yeah. is from is from that day. Uh, so that was it was quite a good day meeting Lemmy and Dio on the same. Day. Me, me, in fact, meeting Dio made up for the disaster that was meeting Lemmy. Really, uh, <laughs> I, can, I can't wait to hear what this disaster is. Well, it was. It, just a personal disaster for me he was fine um, <laughs> so so basically you go into this this big you know it's a massive backstage area whack and open our usual thing loads of porter cabins you know and um loads of blokes with too many keys on their belts milling around you know um lots of mullets because it was germany you know and uh and i i'd done the interview with dio prior and then Motorhead played, we watched motorhead and then i was sort of like that oh do you want to come back and meet lenny and obviously well of course i do yeah you know I was a bit pissed by that point, so it was one of the most exciting things I could imagine, really. You know, well, I'm going to meet the Lemmy, brilliant. So I get ushered into this uh, uh, fairly huge porter cabin where, where he's, uh, he's sat at the other end, as you can imagine, with a bottle of Jack Daniels and uh, various cans of Coke sitting around. Um, Marlboro Light, I was interested to see, not a Marlboro Red. Uh, <laughs> Marlboro Light in his hand, uh, ashtray overflowing with Marlboro Light butts, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was a couple of other people in there. There was a roadie in there, and obviously the PR came in with me. And he, it wasn't a big, it wasn't like a massive, hey, here's Don from Kerrang! You know, it was just kind of like, well, then just brought someone in to meet you. And I kind of shuffled down to the end of the, uh, uh, of the, uh, cabin. And, uh, and there was sort of benches on either side of it. Um, and there was a guy that had been sat there talking to Lemmy, and he kind of got up and moved away, kind of made, leaving a space for me. And I kind of sat down, shook Lemmy's hand, and said, all right, mate, how's it going? Brilliant show and awesome. And he's, he's like, oh, yeah, how are you doing? And, you know, being really friendly in the way that he was, you know. And I sat down and then he just stopped for a second and said, you're sitting in my cheese. <laughs> and uh, I looked round and somehow I'd end up sat, there was a massive plate of cheese that had been laid out for, uh, for Lemmy. I, I don't think he was interested in the cheese, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I don't think he was after you'd sat in it, that's for sure. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I suspect the amount of amphetamines flowing through his veins would have put him off a lunch, you know, but uh, but still. Uh, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I sort of gingerly got up and thought, oh, fuck. And, uh, yeah, so I had uh, a fairly substantial amount of brie smeared all over my arse at that point. Um, which... <laughs> um, and... Uh, let me kind of smiled ruefully and I went, oh, sorry, mate, I think I better go and wipe that off. And he went, yeah, no worries. And he was, literally didn't bat an eyelid. Do you know what I mean? I think Lemmy's seen uh, uh, stranger things than that going on in his dressing room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, than a, a, well, ju- a journalist's brie-smeared bum. 
Yeah, so I kind of shuffled out, made my apologies, and then spent the next 20 minutes wiping my ass on a grassy knoll around the corner, you know, trying to get the brie off it. Oh, and, uh, man. Yeah. I could just, I could so, just imagine as well, if there's if there's one if there's one cheese you don't want to sit in and get all over I know. your cheese. Yeah, a bit, a bit of cheddar, and I'd, I'd have got away with it, mate. I mean, it could have been wedged somewhere, I suppose, but that, that would have fallen out, ultimately. But, um, yeah, it had to be uh, soft cheese. <laughs> oh dear me a victim a victim of uh, uh, continental cheeses I'm sorry to hear that I know I know it's not right is it really you know <laughs> I'll tell you what though I'll tell you what in this whole series it's got to be the least rock and roll meeting with Lemmy I've heard though I've got to say oh yeah no absolutely it was shocking you know I mean I, I, yeah, I, I kind of slunk away, you know. <laughs> did you did you um did you get a hard did you get a hard time the next time he saw you? Um, no, in fact, I, 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 like I say, I'm not even not that it registered. Do you know what I mean? Right. Just after someone sat in the cheese. You know, I might not have even been the first person to sit in the cheese. Do you know, do you know what I mean? It's uh, the crazy world of rock and roll. Who knows? Yeah, but, yeah, um, and, and you can just see that on the rider. I'd like, and I'd like some pre-satin cheese. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or it's or it's a trap. You know, it's something they do as a laugh. They're always leaving plates of brie lying around. You know. <laughs> And uh, in the hope that some naive journalist who's had too many to drink will sit in it, you know. Well, it was good. It was good of you. Get bored on tour. (laughs) Well, it was good of you to oblige, anyway. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's. uh, it's, I mean, it's not exactly an anecdote to to dine out on, but um, you know. (laughs) No, no. It's 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 not a uh, to sit out on either. I mean, that's just exactly. Yeah, it's. uh, Yeah, especially if you're lactose intolerant. Not the way. Well, so, so over the um, uh, over the years, um, yeah. you must you must have covered them quite a lot. Um, I, yeah, I think I did more reviewing of gigs than anything else. I think um, I also did. There was a special Motorhead magazine that Classic Rock did when uh, the World Is Yours came out, and I was edited that. Ah, that was my work. Right, okay. um, and so there was like you know there was loads of interviewing and involvement there. I didn't do the main interviews with Lemmy, but. Um, there was a lot, of, you know, dealing with their camp, and they were they were great. I mean, you know, you, not every big or you know legendary band necessarily has a, a spotless reputation for you know organisation and being cooperative and you know meeting people halfway and all the rest of it. But I, I, I remember having literally no problems whatsoever getting everything we wanted from Motorhead and uh, you know their management and the band themselves just being totally fine with everything, really appreciative, you know. <laughs> you know, which is a really lame anecdote, but it's uh, no, true. yeah, but it's but yeah, but by the same by the same token, I think it's it, it, it's good for people to hear that you know that 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 sort of motorhead ethos from Lemmy down runs through the whole organisation. Yeah, and I, and it's uh, I mean there's something old school about it, but you do find it with bands from that era that they understand the two way relationship relationship they have with the press, you know, and that yeah. And that, that we're doing a job which ultimately helps them to sell records, and so they have to do their bit to help us sell magazines. You know, and it's not, you know, there's nothing sinister about that. <laughs> it's perfectly, yeah. it's a perfectly acceptable way to behave. You know, we're not the enemy. You know, we're all we're all Motorhead fans. So, you know, um, even if we're not all fans of the same bands generally, you know, there are certain bands that get a pass because they've, you know, it's fucking Motorhead. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, exactly. And that, I mean, ACDC, Maiden, Priest, Metallica, you know, they get a pass, you know, because they're more important than everyone else. You know? Well, exactly. And I think the thing with Motorhead as well is that you've got, you know, you kind of got the feeling that they, that there wasn't, there wasn't a bill that they couldn't appear on. Yeah. You know? But I'd say the punks liked them, you know, the heavy metal fans and the bikers liked them. They got into the chat. I mean, I was thinking, you know, the first time I saw Motorhead was on top of the pops, you know, and 
the video for something, I can't remember whether it was Ace of Spades or that live EP, you know, the one with the, the live version of Motorhead on it. But, um, you know, they, they were they were in the charts and they weren't, you know, they weren't seen as this kind of terrifying thing that was, you know, how did this get in the charts? It was like, oh, yeah, it's Motorhead, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 one yeah. of the things that really still surprises me is the, is the, um, is No Sleep Till Hammersmith being the, yeah. being the first ever live album to debut at number one. I mean, yeah, that's just insane. That's bonkers, isn't it? You would have thought, you know, given that all the big live albums that came out in the seventies, yeah, you know, because that was the era of the big double live album, wasn't it? You know, Live Killers and Strangers of the Night and all that kind of business. But yeah, and this kind of snotty band with that only had really three albums out that anyone had actually heard, you know, to go straight into number one. I was mad, you know, and they're having top ten hits and stuff, you know, and it was. Uh, yeah, it's hard to hard to imagine what the equivalent would be now, really. I mean, but then, you know, I suppose it would be a, a, a kind of rubbish copy of Motorhead that wasn't anywhere near as edgy. <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> would, be my, would be my guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but no sleep was a was a kind of I don't know. I mean, at the, at the age I was, I was getting into metal, and I was just yeah. being handed that by the older, wiser metalers and going, "Listen to that." Yeah. And and it was basically and it, you know it was an order it wasn't a request, yeah. And everybody did it, and everybody had the limited edition gold vinyl, which I don't think was that limited edition. No, quite possibly not. No, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I might. Yeah, yeah. I bought no remorse. That was my first one that I managed to buy with my own money, and uh, that was life changing. You know. Yeah, I mean, did did you find Motorhead taking you down a a, a sort of a heavier heavier route with other bands or, or did you just see them as a sort of standalone entity? I think they were for me because I, I you know we certainly didn't hear everything that was going on so for me it was Maiden, Motorhead, Twisted Sister and then Deadly the Thrash stuff started to seep into it but I don't yeah I think Motorhead kind of stood alone with it. I think they do in a, in a way because they're not a really a heavy metal band in any meaningful sense they're, and although Lemmy said rock and roll well they're not that because they're far too heavy and but they're quite punk rock at, at times, but at other times they're speed metal. But do you know what I mean? They, yeah. they didn't really, with Iron Maiden, you know what they are, you know, and Judas Priest, you know what they are. It's heavy metal and it's, you don't really have to explain it. But with Motorhead, they kind of straddled so many things and yet they were as streamlined as the Ramones. So it's quite a bizarre, <laughs> quite, a, quite, a, quite a bizarre thing. It's probably a lot cleverer than uh, Lemmy was even aware himself, you know. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's definitely a thing that, um, you know, Lem and the band did not, didn't see themselves as metal, despite the fact they yeah. were mainly on metal bills at metal festivals. Yeah, yeah. Um, and their fans liked Motorhead and other metal bands. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. But uh, it, but there was still, there was just something, there was just something about them, you know, that, that um, and still is to a certain extent, that, that, they just kind of exist in that genre of motorhead. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's it. You'll find that they're a, a guilty, a guilty secret for a lot of you know firmly non-metal people will will uh, will be fans of motorhead. You know, I mean, I'll give you a good example. Actually, I say he's not. I say he's a non-metal person, at least superficially. Um, Alexis Petridis, the the main rock critic at the Guardian. All oh, right. Um, who, who uh, you know, does have a, a slightly noisy past. He's been, you know, he's been. He told me he used to go at Napalm Death gigs and stuff like that. But he's mainly a kind of dance music, and you know, his favourite band's the Bee Gees. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, he, he absolutely adores No Sleep Till Hammersmith. You know, like he, he said, it's one of the, it's still one of the most exciting records he's ever heard. You know, he just is. It's just you know, 
that's that's as, as close to pure rock and roll as you can get, I suppose. Really, it's just you know, still gives me goosebumps. I must admit. Well, I think I I, I just think that um, I think this comes with metal in general, but also especially Motorhead is is like, you know, show show me somebody who was into Motorhead for one summer. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, it it doesn't happen. No, absolutely. You know, especially once you've seen them live. You know, it's just that that kind of being bulldozed like that. Is, you don't get even to this day the, the loudest band I've ever seen, and you know, I'm, uh, I have a good uh, good personal relationship with Manowar. So. <laughs> <laughs> were, um, were you working first time you saw them, or was that a proper fan experience? Uh, Motorhead. Yeah. Uh, when was the first time I saw? Them? Yes. No, I think it was. Would have been in the. Late 90s, so no, it would have just been a gig. Yeah, I would have just bought a ticket. I think the first time I saw them. Every every subsequent time I was on the guest list. So. <laughs> but but you, you had that you had that punter experience. Yes, I can't, I can't remember who was supporting them there. That's irritating, isn't it? They, all the gigs blur, kind of blend into one. You, you probably know that even better than me. <laughs> oh, oh, well and truly, mate. Um, yeah. what, do you remember what tour it was? Uh, let me think, late 90s, so uh, ooh, it would have been something like Sacrifice or, or Snakebite Love or something around that time. Yeah. yeah. I just remember them being a, just a bulldozer, you know, and, and Mickey D's drumming. It's uh, I think that's that's where the saying they're not metal thing falls down slightly because Mickey D's a metal drummer, you know, and as much as we'd like to pretend he's, uh, you know, a rock and roll drummer in that sense, you know. <laughs> He's got. He's, he's too technical. There's too many double kicks going on for it not to be metal. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's too precise. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, also, also, he played on King Diamond's classic record. So, you know, I. Uh, well, I was. I I, that, yeah, I was. I was amazed when I saw him hook it, uh, that he'd hooked up with Motorhead because I. I yes, it I seemed a weird. weird yeah. Uh, yeah, like, it did or, seem weird. Did he it? get bored? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just. It was just really odd. But I mean, people. People don't realise how long. He's been in the band, you know. That's it's... it, yeah. That, I mean, and I, I know people like to talk about the classic lineup, you know, God rest all their souls and all that. But um, uh, you know, the lineup that we all saw recently over the last twenty-five, you know, that was the, the in many ways a classic Motorhead lineup because it was together longer than any of the others. You know, made you know three times as many records, you know, as any of the other lineups. So, um, yeah, yeah. I so, think it's just nostalgia. It's nostalgia that kind of precludes people from from accepting that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, oh no, yes, but it's not past any of filthy animal Taylor. But well, no, but <laughs> you know, they only made like four albums as a band, didn't they? So yeah. Five, well, you can't you can't keep yeah. a good band down. And and um, when so when would be when would have been uh, you know the ne- well not even the next time you saw them, but um, your favorite your favorite time that you saw them. My favourite Motorhead show would have been in the tent at Download, actually. Now, I have absolutely no idea which year it was. I'm sorry. <laughs> I imagine it was at some point between 2000 and 2010. Uh, and I know that Billy Idol played on the same day, which was also awesome, I have to say. Um, and bizarrely did a cover version of Van Halen's Jump, which was uh, weird. But anyway... I can't, uh, yeah, I, can't, I can't imagine. I can't imagine him doing that. It just seemed incongruous, but but everyone sang along. Any, I mean, it's like you play that keyboard riff, and everyone went berserk. Of course, you know. <laughs> yeah, didn't yeah. See, didn't see it coming after White Wedding and Rebel Girl. But anyway, there you go. Um, but yeah, that was Motorhead were in the tent, and it was just one of those nights. I mean, I'd seen them enough times to see even a rubbish Motorhead show is better than most other shows. 
Um, but when Lemmy was properly on it, and that was usually in a smaller smaller venue or in a tent, you know, if he's on the main stage, you can, it's not really a motorhead sort of scenario, you know, but in a sweaty tent where you could see all the steam rising and, you know, <laughs> and uh, he was just properly on it and kept getting the sound man to turn it up. And I've never, I mean, it was just brutal, absolutely brutal, you know, people running out screaming with blood coming out of their eyes, you know. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, it's like one of the most punk rock things I've ever seen. You know, it, that, I think that's what I like. It's just, it was obnoxious and it was, you know, really, really leery. And, uh, yeah, which isn't, you know, you're like Motorhead are sort of a fun band to many people. They're not, you know, you don't think of them as people who's got a level of force necessarily, you know, but um, that was full on, you know, and uh, my ears hurt for quite a long time after that, I think, yeah. <laughs> but it's gigs like that, and I know exactly, when you, were, when you were sort of painting that picture, I could absolutely see the steamy tent and the, and the crowd yeah. and everything else. But when you're at a, when you're at a show like that, you know that you're at a show that is a bit special, and I don't know about you, but I find myself turning and, and turning to look at like at other punters, and when yeah, you and yeah, when yeah. you catch and and sometimes you catch other punters out and they and they look back at you and you look at them and you both just smile, and it's there, it's in the smile and it's in the look, but you both know you are at something pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah, there was just you know, especially at the smaller motorhead shows I went to, there was that sense of sort of uh, community, you know, that, that's, that, I mean, it's particularly true, I think, of Maiden gigs, you know, and, and, but it, I think it's underestimated with Motorhead, you know, it's such a, a strange mixed audience at a Motorhead show, anyway, <laughs> you know, you know probably, probably 75% Motorheads, but the, it's the other 25% that was always interesting, you know, and, and, but there was a real sense of, you know, everybody's in the gang and everybody's in the family because we, we all understand that this band is, you know, the lifeblood of everything to some degree, you know, um, yeah, always exciting motorhead gigs, you know. Well, I was, I, I, I completely agree with that as well. And I think, um, if you like, they're almost, they're almost like the biggest underground band in history. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's that sort of thing about, you know, if they move in next door, your lawn's gonna die, you know. And <laughs> they, they, they always had that edge to it, you know, and that, you know, you, you know, technically speaking, your mum is not gonna approve of you listening to motorhead, you know, and that. It's all about drinking and shagging and, and playing really loud music and behaving like a, you know, an obnoxious twat. Um, and uh, that's why we love it. You know, <laughs> it's kind of, that's, um, yeah, it translates in a way that a lot of other bands don't really. Because it was such a simple thing, what Mayhead did, you know, it wasn't pretentious or wasn't overcomplicating anything. It was, the music was immediate and it was aggressive and, and full of energy, you know. But yeah. like I said, they're also smarter than smarter than it looks. They made it look easy, you know. And Lemmy made it look easy, being this cool rock and roll dude with a funny hat on, you know, and, and incredibly expensive but slightly revolting-looking boots. You know, he was—he uh, shouldn't have been cool. That's why I always think about Lemmy. <laughs> that's, <a> really, <laughs> the, that's a really good point. Yeah. Look at the, look at the state of the man, and yet one of the coolest people ever. You know. <laughs> In fact, he, he got cooler as he got older, actually, which I think is, is significant, you know. You look at him on the you know, late 70s, early 80s, he was a right yobbo, wasn't he? <laughs> you know, but actually ferociously intelligent, you know. Weird. Yeah, well, I, and, and the thing is, the, I think the band, the band grew to sort of, it, like, 
almost sort of reflected um lemmy as a person do you know what i mean yeah it's like yeah, yeah. yeah it, the music like the man a lot you know cleverer than anyone's willing to give him credit for yeah yeah and a lot of underrated stuff you know like i think one of the problems of being a band that just worked and worked and worked is that you release a lot of albums that within 18 months are more or less forgotten because another one's come along you know and um that sort of work ethic can, can sort of conspire against you, I think, you know, if, if you're not careful. But with Motorhead, it didn't seem to matter because they'd always play new songs at shows and, you know, um, the albums were of such consistent quality that you didn't, you know, it was a genuine pleasure to get a new one, even though you, know, you knew you weren't going to play it as much as Ace of Spades or Orgasmatron or whatever. It was still, you know, um, the quality, quality control was sustained until the end, you know. In fact, apart from March or Die, I don't think they've ever made, they ever made a bad album, really. That one's a bit of a stinker. <laughs> but, well, the thing is that everybody, everybody's everybody got, you know, their favourites and their, 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 their not-so-favourites. Um, yeah. But like you say, you know, even, you know, so-called inverted commas, weaker albums, it's like, well, yeah. you're still excited because, well, no, it could be another Ace of Spades. It could be another Orgasmatron. Because yeah. because those because those those albums that, you know, those, those standout albums were peppered throughout their career. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I think Inferno is one of the one of my favourite Motorhead albums. I think it's an amazing record. You know, um, yeah, it's it's weird really because it, it's I think like I say because their music was so focused and simple and stripped down and all the rest of it that you you kind of almost uh, you kind of miss the fact that there was a lot of depth in the in the catalogue and that actually there was more diversity than you'd think. You know, it's like people go, "Oh, Motorhead have only got one song." You know, <laughs> they're one of those bands. You know. Like yeah. Slayer or Dragon Force, you know, they've only got one song, or they've got two. They've got the fast one and the slow one, you know. Um, <laughs> but um, but Motorhead, you know, far more so than Slayer. Right? Motorhead had a lot of diversity, you know, really. Yeah, and and also as well as that, the, they were kind of almost like a band of contradictions as well, because you know you you look at Motorhead and 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 you, like you were saying earlier, you know, the look of the band, the sound of the band, and all the rest of it. And the last people you expect you expect to have a sense of humour. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think that's the thing that sustains bands over decades as well, is having that, having that said, it's a very British thing, I think, I don't know if American bands do it in the same way, but that British thing of taking the piss out of yourselves and, you know, and uh, of, you know, visibly not taking yourself seriously, you know, Maiden, the classic example, some of the nonsense they get up to on stage, you know, Bruce dicking about, it's, you know, they're they're not trying to be cool, (laughs) you know, and uh, Motorhead, you know, as much as they did look cool at times, you know, there's, there was always dicking about going on and in jokes and, you know, like Michael Palin turning up on an album or, you know, all that kind of stuff. It yeah. was a uh, very, very kind of uh, juvenile, but, but, <laughs> but undeniably funny. Well, uh, without, without a doubt. And, and, and a, sorry, I'm just, I've just never heard anyone refer, refer to Bruce Dickinson as Bruce dicking about. Well, I think it's, uh, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I think he's got a pretty sad note, really. You know? Well, I tell you what. If, well, if if the motor car, if the motor cast gets sued, I'll I'll make sure to include you in the writ. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm sure I'm sure Bruce will let me off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, like we say, you know, the, the the juxtaposition of of yeah, this this band have got a, a sense of humour, and it's like, oh, but don't they? You know, don't don't they kind of 
isn't it a bit misogynistic? Well, actually, no. Look, there's Lemmy doing a cover, a cover with Wendy Williams. Oh, look, they've got Girl School yeah. on an EP. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's almost anything that you could accuse them of that was negative. You could have, a, you know, you'd have a, a, a juxtaposition that would be an answer that would just flatten it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the irony of that, that sexism thing is that, you know, you through 20 years of doing this, I have never met a single person, male or female, that has had anything bad to say about Lemmy at all. No one's ever had, you know, and particularly that his attitude towards women was always incredibly respectful, you know, and that he treated them as equals and wasn't a dick, you know. Um, the fact that he didn't get married or, you know, have any visible girlfriends, people kind of assume that he must have been a, some philandering scumbag, but actually very much not the case, you know, and just totally honest about his lack of interest in having a relationship, you know. Um, so, well, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, well, he's, he's he's one of those people, isn't he, um, that he, 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 he never kind of, you know, he never got married and he never... Um, and he never down put put down roots. He never he never he never bought oh. a place. He was all about the renting. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and he yeah, you know so. Man after my own heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I'm renting too. Yeah, yeah. So it's like <laughs> chucking money down the loo every month, isn't it? But you know, <laughs> what can he do? Yeah, but yeah. No, I just you know, it's, that's the thing. You know, he, as much as he wanted to play up the, you know, of course he he exploited the. Uh, you know, the, the kind of hardened rock and roller image and all the rest of it with the drinking and the, everybody knew he was, you know, shoving speed up his nose every 10 minutes, you know. But it, it, he was, by all accounts, you know, to, to everyone I know that knew him properly well, you know, personally, he was a, a, a lovely, lovely bloke. <laughs> well, without, <laughs> without a doubt. And do you know what? You've, ju- you've done a really, uh, you've done me a favour there because when, when, you, you, when you sort of say that description... Do you know what I mean? He's like, oh, you know, he's shoving speed up his nose every 10 minutes and he, and he really likes to drink. Um, yeah. I mean, really, anyone listening to this, both of us talking about, there's no way that person you've just described can come across as anything other than an arsehole. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it's Lemmy. He, he makes it all work. <laughs> yeah, that's it. No one else could do that. You know, so, <laughs> you know, you know and that's the thing. You know, I've, I've heard stories of, you know, he wouldn't, wouldn't ever, he was never offering his drugs around trying to get anyone else to take them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that was his thing. He did whatever he wanted, whatever he was, and, and uh, it kept him going to the age of 70, when frankly most of us would have been dead by 28. So, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Um, well, that's the old, it's the, uh, Dee Schneider tells the story of, um, you know, first time, first time Lemmy offered him a load of speed, and he was like, no, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't party, I don't do that. Uh, mm. And he said, Lemmy just went, Fair enough. You know, each yeah. uh, each each to their own. More for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the spirit. <laughs> yeah, and he, and and like you know, and 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 you know, I remember Dee saying that it was it was, the, the subject was never raised again. It's like you know, because yeah. some people it's like, oh, go on, go on, go on, because yeah, yeah. because they feel awkward. So you so yeah. you have to partake. No, none of that. It was just a case of he said he never, you know, never never asked him again, um, and and that was that. It was just, you know, yeah. that's the way it is. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and you just hear lots of stories like that of him. You know, it, it, I mean, not that they, you know, not that anyone would assume that he was a terrible human being, but just you know, the outward look of a, a debauched rock star is is, is certainly a, uh, implies a certain degree of selfishness. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and uh, self-interest, you know, and that 
that, that I just don't get that from any of the multiple tales I've heard about him. Do you know what I mean? He's, yeah. Yeah. Not, not, not at all. He wasn't into the money. Wasn't the reason he did it. He did it because he loved rock and roll, and that was the only thing he could imagine himself doing. You know. And um, um, and and he and he did it. You know, virtually right up until his 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 last day. Um, yeah. You know, do you do you remember hearing about that? Yeah, I can't say it was a massive surprise. You no. know, it was. Um, I think it came a little bit quicker than. You know, like you, you hear little things through the grapevine. You know, we all knew it wasn't well because he'd be cancelling gigs, which just wasn't a thing. You know. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I can't remember. I think I think I was possibly at home, but it was. Uh, yeah, it was just almost a kind of oh god, it's happened, does it? You know, like yeah. he was supposed to out, he was supposed to outlive us all. You know, it was supposed to be him and Keith Richards cackling in the flames at the end of uh, you know uh, after Armageddon. You know, but without a doubt. Um, Without yeah. a doubt, but it just well. I mean, while they, you know, while they were around, you know, they 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 gave us so many great albums, and um, well, uh, that's to, it, and that's, and that's a life lived, isn't it? You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, not only that, but you know, there's a good case to be made for immortality here, because yeah, yeah. here, you know, here we are on a here we are on a podcast in 2021. Yeah. Still talking about the man like he's still around, and the rest of the band, and yeah. there and and there's a music and there's a musical legacy that will last forever. Yeah, totally. It's what I, you know. I mean, you, you can't say it of every band because a lot of bands, you know, don't never quite transcend the. You know, it's, it's one thing to have great music that people love, but to become like an icon or a legend, or you know, to be part of the fabric of of you know culture and all that um, is quite rare, particularly with heavy metal bands. You know, but but. With Motorhead, they're, you know, they're up there with Black Sabbath and Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and Metallica. You know, I'd say that's the five most iconic bands that our world, for want of a better phrase, has, has produced. You know, and they're all they're all their logos and everything. They're all recognised globally, and they're you know they're they're an important part of underground alternative and and mainstream culture. You know, and that's uh, that's not how it's supposed to work when you're making a racket like that. You know. <laughs> beautiful, Dom. Beautifully, beautifully put. Oh, look, I really, I really appreciate you taking the time out to have a, to have a chat. Um, as pleasure. always, lovely talking to you. And um, look, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, mate. My pleasure. Motorhead for life and all that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Take care, mate. All right, mate. Cheers. Cheers. See ya. Bye bye. bye. And yes, I am going to say what I always say. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed doing it. It's a corny cliche, but it is true. I've known Dom for a few years and it's always good to catch up, but there's quite a few stories in there that I'd never heard before. So thank you very much once again for downloading, subscribing, because I'm hoping that's what you've done, and supporting the Motorcast. Like I said, we all really do appreciate it, because without you guys subscribing and downloading, there is no podcast. So thank you very much for helping to keep the name of Motorhead alive. Uh, you can interact with the podcast on social media via Motorhead. Hashtag the Motorcast and you will get a reply to whatever question um, or suggestion you want to send us. So thank you very much for supporting and being there. And remember, please do subscribe. Get this podcast in your player every fortnight. I'm really enjoying doing this. I hope you're enjoying uh, listening to it. 
It is so much fun to do, talking to people from all different parts of the world, all different areas of of the music business, and some people who aren't even in the music business anymore, and people who just knew the band. But it really, really has expanded my knowledge um, and love of Motorhead. I've got to be honest, I am learning so much that I didn't know. And I hope I'm doing a good job and I hope that you are enjoying it. Please do tell your friends that the Motorcast is here. There's plenty of people who don't know about it. So please do spread the word and let's make this a big, big, big old success. And so we keep going forever. And I'll be here in 20 years time still doing the Motorcast. Because let's face it, the legend of Motorhead is going to live forever. I don't say agreed. The only God I need is the Ace of Spades. The Ace of Spades.